Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. The seven churches of Asia. The first church was the desirous church, the church of Ephesus. It's a church that maintained is loyalty to Christ. He said, I know your works. Revelations 2.2. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear with those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and are found to be liars. They, are, they were doctrinally very solid. Doctrinally, but their problem was their loyalty to Christ was okay, but their problem was their love. Their love had grown cold. So they were called to repent. And then the second church, which was the church of Smyrna, was the suffering church, the persecuted church, the precious, precious church. Their loyalty was tested and proven to be true. So the, Smyrna, the church of Smyrna was tested and proven to be true. Then we come to the church of Pergamos. Their loyalty said there are some who, uh, I know you still hold my name and my faith, verse 13, that um, you hold fast to my name and not deny my faith. So their loyalty to Christ was still intact. So the first church of Ephesus kept their loyalty, but they had a problem with their love. The church of Smyrna uh, had their loyalty even tested and found to be genuine and true. The church of Pergamos had their loyalty, but they lost, they lost moral passion. So immorality had come in and infiltrated the church for the church to become wealthy, worldly, worldly. So they were a worldly church. But the problem of the church of Titira was not just have become worldly, they, has, they have endorsed worldliness and celebrating anniversaries of marriage with the world. It, it has gone to another level. The churches Jesus wrote to, you can categorize them into two. The first category is the church that didn't have anything negative to be said about it, which is the church. One is the church of Smyrna, and the other one is church of Philadelphia. The other five, so two and five, you can categorize them into um, actually two sections. So first section is categorized into two, two and five. Two of them were faultless. Jesus didn't have anything to say about them, and five of them, there was something Jesus had to say, something that was not right with them. And then the other section you can categorize it is the three and four. The first three, which is, you know, remember the first three churches? Number one, I can't hear, number one, two, three, Pergamos. Those first three churches have all passed. We may feel their impact, their influences in the modern day church, 
but they are non-existence. These seven churches span the time Jesus left and went to heaven to the time he's coming again. So these churches that I've said it before, that Jesus is addressing, were, even though they were local churches at particular places, they were prophetic because the book of Revelation is a prophecy. So they were prophetic statement to the entire body of Christ, the entire church, from the time Jesus left and the time he was coming back. Now, three of those churches, their season have passed. So three of those churches, the church of Ephesus, the church of Smyrna, and the church of Pergamos, the season have passed. Why? Their season have passed because none of these churches had Jesus telling them that when I return. Now, the other four, you find out, when Jesus was speaking to them, he said, on my return, yeah, I know about the church of uh, Smyrna, which he said, I come quickly, I will give when I come. Now, that is not the second coming. It's just talking about on the one we took last week. He said, I'll come and fight against you with the sword of my mouth, the church of Pergamos. It's not that, that's not the second coming. But the other ones, you, as you find, Jesus is said, when I return, I'm coming back. When, so the rest of the four churches will still be at large, will still be as in existence by the second coming of Christ. Does that make sense? So, we need to, I want us to go a little bit into the church of, oh, we are, actually we are, today we are dealing with the church of Titeria. Titeria means, um, the Greek word Titeria means sacrifice of perfume or unceasing sacrifice. Sacrifice of perfume. Season sacrifice. Before we, we go to the church, all right, let's, let's read Revelation chapter 2. Let's read Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. And to the angel of the church in Titeria, write, These things say the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love for your, uh, uh, sorry, love, service, faith, and your, your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and each thing sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into, into the sick bed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and the hearts and I will give to each one of you according to your, all your works. 24, now... To you I say, and to the rest in Titeria, as, as many as do not have the doctrine, I ask to not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no burden, but hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessel, as I also have received from my father. 
and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is loaded. That's the longest letter. Out of all the seven letters written, this is the longest one. Let's just indulge ourselves in the scripture and go to Revelation chapter 17. And then we are reading from verse 1 to 6. And then I'll come back to the, um, the original text. In Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 17, verse 1 and 2. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth commit fornication, committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with wine of her fornication, the wine of her fornication. So he, carried, so he carried me in the spirit into the wilderness and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast which was full of names of blasphemy having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet. Let's all say purple and scarlet. Purple and, scarlet. and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls having in her head a gold cup a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. <laughs> and, and on her forehead is written a name. Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. I saw the six. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. Here ends the reading of God's <laughs> Wow. This is interesting. All right. So we go back to the church of Tychia. I really want to talk about that woman Jezebel. That, that woman Jezebel. <laughs> Let's all say that woman Jezebel. That woman Jezebel. Or say it again. Say that woman Jezebel. That woman Jezebel. Yeah. Some of you are dining with her already. <laughs> Some of you are eating her delicacies. And some of you are feasting on, on her voluptuous look. That woman has victimized many in the church. <coughs> Committed fornication with saints. Taught God's servants to <laughs> commit fornication. <laughs> some of us you need to hear this message because some of you um, have entered into some severe partnership with Jezebel and you have to repent he said I gave her time to repent I gave her time to repent but she wouldn't do it 
Repent of her libidinousness. Mm-hmm. You are, some of us have been overtaken by libidinousness. Libidinous situations. Kai Jesus. Lewdness. Lascivousness. Licentious debauchery. <laughs> Alright, let's get into the text. Now, it said, to the angel of the church in Titeria. Say Titeria. Say Titeria. Titeria is a very small city. All the seven cities is the smallest. And it wasn't too significant in, the, in that, at that time in the Asia Minor region. But it was quite near to Pergamos because Pergamos was the Roman capital of Asia at that time. So it was before Pergamos. So it was next to Pergamos. So just in case they wanted to attack Pergamos, Titeria was built as a city to shield Pergamos. So you have to engage Titeria in battle before you get to Pergamos. And so because Pergamos was a very important city. And so you have to engage Titeria in back. So every now and then, Titeria was built to be destroyed and rebuilt, to be destroyed and rebuilt, to be destroyed and rebuilt because there will be always be battles. So before you finish with Titeria, Pergamos is prepared and come and deal with you. And so Titeria was like a shield, side, yeah, side plate. So... But Titeria was kind of a very interesting, had become interestingly a busy, um, had become a busy commercial city. And, but it was mainly known for its, it had a particular dye, D-Y-E, which you won't find in a lot of other places. It was unique to Titeria. And the dye was Developed. They had a particular purple dye that was developed. It was made up of some special roots of some trees, roots, and a combination of roots and a seashell type of fish. You comb- called, um, I think the, the seashell type is called um, mirax. So you combine them and they, they were producing a special purple dye. So it was known for purple. And pep, the purple dye. So if you want any special purple dye, you have to be in Titeria. And so they had different type of dye industries and business industries and people had to travel to. That is why Titeria was mentioned in the book of Acts chapter 16 verse 14. A, Lydia, a lady called Lydia. So now a certain woman named Lydia had us. She was a seller of what? From where? The city of Titeria. Lydia was, we didn't see in the scriptures in Acts where the message was preached. But Lydia was the first person to be saved on the European soil. Lydia. And she was a businesswoman who used to sell purple. And those times that would tell you she was very successful. Purple seller. Because, because, 
Thyatira was, Thyatira was known for people and trade. Now they had, so because of that, they had deep, watch this, this is very important, they had different trade unions. A lot of different, different types of trade unions and guilds. So for you to be any, a successful business person in Nigeria, you had to be part of one of the unions or more of the unions. You can't you can trade without being part of the unions. It's necessary. You can't practice law in this country without being part of, uh, being, being called to the bar. Uh, you can't practice in the finance industry as, as a company without being part you know, of a, a body, a special professional body. So in that, those days, the, you had to be part of the, the guilds. You had to be part of the trade unions. But unfortunately, it wasn't, it wasn't like in our days where you have to separate religion from business. No. In those days, when they had their trade union meetings, which was regular every week, different meetings, when they had their trade union meetings, it was characterized with licentious debaucheries. In other words, um, you're talking about immoral, senseless, obscene. I say seriously. Freedom of any form of sexual pursuit characterize the meetings and idolatry. So you can imagine when you become a Christian then. It was going to be a problem for you if you become a Christian. So there were Christians like Lydia who were purple sellers, who were trace men and trace women and now began to have problems joining the unions because when you joined the union it was almost like you joined a cult. In certain parts of the West, of the West and actually around the world, you can't rise to certain prominence if you don't join some secret cults or secret societies, as they may call it. Because when you get into certain levels of international business or national government in our world, in our times, not everybody, but most of them, you have to. If you get into certain levels, certain heights in Hollywood, you have to be part of something. So it was very common. So some of you, you can rise in certain areas. And so in Taichira, it was common. You had to be part of the guilds. But all the guilds were into occult. Occultism and fetishism and idolatry was high. And all the idolatries went as well with um, debauchery. As I said earlier, lascivious, the lewdness, and all kinds of obscenity, unbelievable obscenity to the highest level. Pursue animalistic desires to the highest level. Just free, freedom without restraint, freedom, do anything, that kind of, most of these cults come with that. And so, he had to be do, they had to be doing that. And then, so you become born again, and now you can't really, so it began to affect their income. It began to affect their job prospects. And most of these companies or um, the, the organizations, the businesses, the professional world and the professional life, the, their career, didn't really want anything from them apart from, so all it requires, watch this, so it happens to most of us. 
let me write, I, I wrote this down, I need to read it for you. This is, this is a good one. The most subtle challenge to faith, the most subtle challenge to faith does not usually originate in the public places like the theaters and the cinemas, but in the daily places where we can, uh, so where we earn the money that we need to live. Most, the, 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 the most subtle challenge to our faith comes at the daily places where you earn your money where to live. And it was very strong in the time of Tachiga and it's becoming stronger in our times now. It's coming stronger and stronger. So, you have to be part of a guilt or something in order not to, uh, in order to be able, not, not to struggle. What the traits, the, profesh, the professions, all deployments in our lives need is not our soul, but our skill. Remember this. What the traits, the professions, and all deployments in our life, what it needs is not your soul, but your skill. Not your worship, but your hard work. So as long as you can work hard, whether it's against your worship life, traits don't care. Whether it goes contrary to your soul. So that's why many people have given their souls. They have pursued, pursued financial peace, financial remuneration, financial benefits through their skills. So you go to school to earn, get more skills so you can pursue because the trade that's all they look for, your skills. But in pursuit of money through your skills, sometimes you end up losing your own soul. That's why Jesus said, what does a man gain if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? And so we Christians must always bring everything in balance. Don't work so hard that you can't go to church. Before you relocate, think about your worship. Excuse me. Before you relocate, think about the impact it will have on your worship. Don't just think about the impact it's going to have on your pocket. You are relocated. You have got a salary that is going to be pay, paying you four times what you currently earn in North Korea or in Saudi Arabia or in Afghanistan. And you are thinking of taking it. And you have not even considered is there a church where I can be fed, me and my family? You are taking all your children, your family, moving them to an area because it's bringing more money. But you compromise on your worship. Christians, wake up. Life is not just earning. Don't pursue earning at the expense of your soul. It will bite you. It will surely bite you. Go, 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 go. And our souls become so famished. And we try and use pleasure to take care of our soul. But pleasure alone, actually, when you pursue hedonism, just pleasure, enjoy anything you want, the wildness, when you pursue it, it leaves you more empty. That's why the church needs to rise up and point people away from worldly pursuits. So bear that in mind, okay? I'll come, I'll visit this again. But let's look at the text again, Revelation chapter 2. said, to the angel of the church in Tychia, right? These things say the Son of God. Let's all say the Son of God. Please say it again. Say the Son of God. These things say the Son of God. 
John 1.34, Bible talks about how John said, I saw him. And I have seen, I, I have seen and testified that he is the son of God. John 5.25, Jesus himself from his own mouth, he said, most assuredly I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the son of God. And those who hear, is, uh, those who hear will live. So this is from Jesus' own mouth that he, the son of God. Revelation chapter 22, sorry, chapter 2, verse 18. He said to the church of Tatia, right, these things say the son of God. Now, this is the only place in the book of Revelation where Jesus describes himself as the son of God. Now, actually, this is he saying himself that I'm the son of God. Tell the Muslim people who want, who think they understand the Bible more. That Jesus never said from his own mouth that he's the son of God. He did. He did. In a lot of other places. But I don't have to time. That's not the time. Jesus said, this is he, what he. He said, um, these things say the son of God. Now, when he was revealing himself in the chapter one, the, the vision, John said, I saw one like the son of man. The son of man, which connotes Care, chapter 1, verse um, 12, which connotes care, which connotes intercession. He intercedes, I turn and having turned, uh, 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 I turn and I saw seven go, uh, verse 13, amongst the golden star, one like the son of man. Son of man connotes the high priestly role. He, co he connotes care. He, it connotes forgiveness. It connotes uh, intercession. He intercedes on our behalf. He identifies with us. But son of God connotes deity superiority above everything judgment he the one who is interceding is now going to be the prosecutor <laughs> the one who is protecting and covering is now going to be the one to fight the problem here the Titerian church was going to have which they had not realized is Jesus said I am going to fight you. The fight was not going to come from outside. It's going to come from inside. Our Lord himself is going to fight the church. <laughs> it's very interesting. Wow. I'm going to fight the church, as he said to the church of Pegamos. So here, one, he said that the son of God, and then look at the description. He says that um, Revelation chapter 2 verse 18. This thing say, he who has eyes like flame of fire. What a description. The flame of fire is piercing eyes like laser beams, targeted on you, scanning you and searching you to burn things in your life, to dig judgment. Revelation chapter 19, the same way he described himself, I think, in the verse. verse um, 15, I think Revelation 19, 15. So now the mouth is out of his mouth when two sharp edged sword that with it. Um, verse 12, yeah. His eyes were like flames of fire and on his head were many crowns. He had a name which no one knew. So his eyes were like flames of fire. Hmm. So here, when he appeared, he was sending the letter to the church of Tychia. He says that this is, he, this, what, this is this says, these things say the son of God. 
He who's, who, has, who has the eyes, who, whose eyes are like fire and his feet like fine brass. Do you know what the fine brass was for? For crashing and trampling, trampling down. It's coming to crash things. Fine brass. Revelation chapter 19 verse, I think 15 and 16. Revelation chapter 19 verse. Um, yes. He said, and in the middle talk about, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads, treads the winepress and the, fear, and the fierceness and the wrath of the mighty God. So he treads the winepress to tread things down the feet of brass. Now, can you imagine someone is writing a letter and describes himself this way? Uh, that's a serious one. In, in Daniel chapter 10 verse 6, Daniel saw this figure. He saw this personality, a very scary personality. Daniel 10, 6, he says that his body was like beryl. His face like, his face like the appearance of lightning. His eyes like torches of fire. This is a serious one. Now, when he was coming to talk to Titania, I said, this is, I'm coming like such a person. His eyes were like torches of fire. His arms and feet like burnished bronze in color. And the sound of of his words like the voice of multitudes. Here he appeared to, when he came to address the church of Titania, he told them, this is he, the son of God. He who has the uh, uh, fire, the eyes, with, uh, has the eyes like f- uh, the flames of fire and feet like brass. This is what I'm saying. You better listen because it's not going to be pleasant for you at all. Titania. The next verse. Verse. I know your works. Oh, this is the bit I like. Say, I know your works. I know your works. I know your love, your service, your faith and patience, and your patience. Some translations use the word perseverance. Faith, love always will produce work. Faith will produce perseverance. They always go together. Love will always produce work. If you love God, it will show in your labor. So your love will always produce labor. Okay? Your works, your deeds of love, your deeds and your love. So your love, if you genuinely love God, we have to, we will, no, we have to, we will see it in what you do. Your work will always, your love will always produce works. Works. Service, ministry is a function of love. Do you love God? Show it, show it by your ministry. The easier, when I used to teach um, class 301, discovering your ministry, definition of ministry I used to give was meeting needs with love, ministry. To minister is to meet needs with love. So if you have love, you will minister. If you have love, you will minister. You know, when you love people, you'd find it easy to serve them. How many of you know that? You find it easy to serve them. Um, this thing says, verse, 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 verse 19, I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as, watch this, as for your works, the last are more than the first. So they are increasing in works. They are increasing, maybe they are even having serious church growth. More than the church of Ephesus. More than the other church. They are breaking through. So you can tell they have some faith. He said, I know your faith. You see that? I know your works. I know your love. First, uh, 
uh, the other place, Ephesians, it didn't mean their love was an issue. But these people, they had love. And it was even looking like their love for the things of God. I know your, I know your, I know your works. I know your works, your love, your, your service, your faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. You are doing good. These are good stuff. That, but the 20 is the, let's all read the verse 20 together. It's worrying. Let's go. Everybody, let's go. Because you are loved. Interesting. The problem is, nevertheless, I have something against you. What again? We are growing. We are doing more outreaches. We are moving people from the streets to the church. They stop their gun crime. We are, we are helping the homeless. You know, we are doing a lot of service. We are doing all that. What again? You have something. Oh, Jesus, what again can you have against us? He said, you have allowed, the word allow, the Greek word sounds like something like E-A-O. E-U, E-O, not E-O, but E-O. It's like, you are E-O. You are E-O. That woman, Jezebel, the E-O means to permit. The error means to, to tolerate. So King James, give me a King James, actual King James. King James, um, uh, you, you, thou suffereth, you know, the woman Jezebel. Give us um, NIV. I'll show you the, the, the one. You, see, you have tolerated. Tolerate, you tolerate that woman. Error means to allow somebody without restrictions to do what they want to do. Mm. Wow. Oh, yeah, you are liberty to do it. You can go anywhere you want in the house, stay anywhere, turn on the lights anytime you want. You have allowed her. You have given her free movement. You have tolerated her. You should, what you should have been intolerant of, you have tolerated because she will bring money. And it's not just tolerating her presence. You have tolerated her. And she is still... You, you wonder, you wonder how, how the church can go that far to allow somebody... You want to know about Jezebel? I think we should find out about this. No, that person in the Bible is not called Jezebel. But Jesus normally calls people by their character. So her mannerism, what was happening? This is Jezebel at work. Who is this Jezebel? Jezebel was in the Old Testament, the wife of Ahab, the daughter of one of a, Sidon, a Sidonian king called Ithbel. That is a far in the Old Testament. First Kings. First Kings, he was there in first, she was there in First Kings, chapter 19, verse 2. Oh, let's go from chapter 16, verse 31. First Kings 16, 31. Look at it from the text. And it came to pass. So, and it, it came to pass as though it had been a... Yeah, that's it. A, a, a travel thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebath, that he took 
as wife Jezebel, the daughter of Edbel, king of the Sidonians. That's Jezebel, that's where. And he went and served Baal and worship. Jezebel came to live in Israel. She was married to Ahab, and she introduced Baal worship, false worship, and sexual immorality amongst them. And because she was married to the king, she had her way to do anything she wanted and caused the anger, the wrath of God to come against Israel. God turned the heart of Israel against God to follow other idols. Jezebel! Chapter 19, verse 1 and 2. Jezebel met Elijah after Elijah killed, and Jezebel had professional prophets. She was paid. Can't imagine. Huh. This man, this woman was living in Israel and had employed prophets. And she was paying them salary, and they were, they were leading in idol worship. And Elijah, the whole Israel was turned away from God. Elijah came. He said, you guys, you have turned. And they were killing the prophets, so they've killed God's prophets. And Elijah thought he was the only one left. And he came. He said, you guys, you are watching me build. But today, we have to, that, that's what is popularly called the, the contest on Mount Carmel. And he, he said that if Baal is God, worship him. And if uh, Jehovah is God, worship him. And let's call verse 24 of uh, 1 John chapter 18. The Bible says, and Elijah called on the name, he said, for who, uh, verse 24, chapter 18. He says that, then you call on the name of your gods, and I'll call on the name of the Lord. And the, the God who answers by fire, uh, he is God. So all the people answer. So there was a context that these false gods who have come to Israel, how, they, that's how it started, I think from verse 1 to answer when they said, how long will you falter between two opinions? Make up your mind. If God, if Baal is God, worship him. If the Lord is God, worship him. That's how Elijah started. How long will you falter between, waver, or falter between two opinions? So he brought the contest and he said, okay, let the false gods, uh, the false prophets bring their, uh, give us altar, give me an altar, give him an altar, let him sacrifice a bull, I'll sacri let them sacrifice bull, I'll sacrifice a bull, and let's not put water, uh, let's not put fire on it, and let's call on the name of our gods, the God who will answer by fire, let him be God. Why? Because Jezebel has paid them off. And they were brought in full into Israel. And so when you call on the God of fire, Bible says that, verse, I think 34, 35, Bible says that at the end of the evening, Elijah called and fire came down and consumed everything. And he said, arrest all the prophets of Baal and kill them. So verse, chapter 19, verse 1. So his, her husband, the king, went home and told her, this woman is powerful. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. And also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Hey, he killed my prophets. Can you imagine? The king couldn't do anything. He had to go, I'm going to tell my wife. <laughs> I'm going to tell my wife. Elijah, I'm going to tell my wife. He went, I went and told, ma'am, can he? he said, yes. What is it? Why are you not happy at all? He said, Elijah, he called fire from heaven. Because the false prophets, your false prophets couldn't call, he has killed all of them. Do you know what the woman said? Do you know what the woman said? Look at the very verse. Then Jezebel sent messengers to Elijah and said, so let the gods do to me. And more so, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow. By, I'm giving you 24 hours. If you are still alive, may God, the gods kill me. Yeah. Dangerous woman. 
said, you know what? This prophet who could call fire from heaven, he will flee. He was just about 20 minutes out of town. And when he saw that, he arose and ran. <laughs> he ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and, and left his servant there. And then he continued. And then he went further into the mountains. He went for his life. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under the broom tree and prayed and said, watch this. He said, it's enough, Lord, take my life. Prophet, the whole nation bowed down and said, God is God. The Lord is God because of one prayer of Elijah. Jezebel said, you, 24 hours. He ran away two hours, so two days journey, and then left his servant there, and then went one, 24 hours. But the woman said by 24 hours. He ran, and now when he arrived, he met God and said, God, take away my life. I've had enough. They have killed all your prophets. I'm the only one alive. Take my life. That's where God said, anoint somebody to take your office. Jezebel. Don't joke with Jezebel. She brought such evil in Israel and brought such lasciviousness, licentiousness, nudity. People were messing up. Sexual immorality and idolatry was easy. Everywhere. Everywhere. If there's not a brother, there's not a, a brother, there is um, a sex shop. If not a sex shop, there is a uh, fetish place, idol where you go for I so it's uh, don't, don't, everywhere. So sometimes you're walking in town and it just, they stare you up. You don't know which one you should choose. And most of the service provided, providers in the, those places, they were well-groomed with all kinds of uh, um, um, special spices dedicated to idols. So when you go, they are burning incense to one God. Burning. By the time you leave, you feel like this church thing even is it even true? Most of them, Jezebel. Jezebel, time will not permit me. I would have shown you her end. How she ended. Dogs ate her up. Yeah. And licked her blood according to 2 Kings chapter 9, verse. You can write it down, but we don't read, we are not reading it. Verse 33 downwards. Those licked her blood, ate her. They said, bury her proper. By the time they've got, the dogs have finished her already. But look at 1 Kings chapter um, 21, verse 23. Someone screamed, Jezebel. Jezebel. Oh, why can't you say, say, scream, Jezebel. Jezebel. Jezebel is not. A reflection of it's not about the sex, okay? Did you hear that? Yes. It's not about her sex, male or female. No, it's not. It's not that. It's the personality. That's that's what it more is about. And concerning Jezebel, the Lord also spoke, saying, "The dogs, uh, the dogs shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel." Interesting. Look at verse twenty-five. Verse twenty-five. But there was. There was no one like Ahab who sold himself to the wickedness in the sight of the Lord because Jezebel, his wife, stirred him up. Look at the next verse, verse 26. Be careful who you call your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife before you make them husband and wife. And, and he behaved very ab abominably 
in following idols according to all that the Amorites had done, whom the Lord had cast out before the children. God has cleared these people because of idols and has given it to you. How come you have allowed Jezebel to now introduce you to even worse versions of it? Jezebel? Now, watch this. I'm about to say something. In the early church, women were not allowed to teach. Women were not allowed to teach, according to 1 Timothy. Women were not allowed to teach. Even in first century Christianity or first century life, women were like in, in Saudi Arabia. You know, you are now. So women know. But the Revelation chapter 2, verse 20 says that you permitted Jezebel. Even naturally, normally, they don't do it. Nevertheless, I have a few things because you have permitted that woman Jezebel who calls herself prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality. A lot of sins bring the judgment and the wrath of God, but sexual immorality is wilder. Maybe you never know. It's wilder. You can't engage, be engaged in sexual immoralities and think God will just look and say, oh, I understand. It's your libido. I understand. It's your libido. You'll be fine. I understand. That is what... <laughs> that is what... Um, 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 the agnostics teach. And they, they teach libert libertinism. You are free to do because for human nature, you can't control it. Because it doesn't matter how much you try, you still be struggling. How many of you know that? So they teach that, you know, you can't, agnostics, they teach that you don't, you don't have to bother, just enjoy, do anything, and God understands. Just like grace, you are saved by grace, so grace will cover you. Just do it. Enjoy your life because you've tried. At least you go to church, don't you? You've tried. You've been going to church, so do it. Jezebel. And she came in the pulpit. So like when well, we've come to church after praise and worship, then Jezebel comes to stand there. And you remember the, the, the working conditions for Christians in Titera? You remember? Jezebel tells them, that's okay. This is just business. How would you live? Go ahead. Enjoy it. Don't confuse it. Go and enjoy it when you come to church. It's okay. So make money is about money. You are there to make money. You are not there to worship. So if they are bringing false gold and you have to sleep with your boss and sleep with your colleagues to get promotion or go, and go into some uh, you know, secret cult to get promotion, what's wrong? It's, you are there for money. If that's what you bring the money, Jezebel started teaching these things. So he took away. He, he made them, oh, so she made them this honor or disobey the instructions of Christ. She came with contrary instructions. Have sex, enjoy your life, follow idols, and still come to church. So now, do you know the church that they had in Titeria? A church that was celebrating when they met after church. People were saying, oh, how was it last week? Oh, this one was better than my wife, you know? And, how, and it was normal. The pastor himself would be sharing his own. In fact, there was one pastor in Titeria. There was one pastor in Titeria. He, he tattooed on his arm. He tattooed um, um, peccato. Peccato means that faulty. Tattooed, I'm, I'm just 40 and so I'm enjoying my life. And so it was okay to be in church, to be 
messing up. Until we start to walk pure with God and stop Jezebel from influencing and teaching us. We will miss God and we can't influence our generation. We can't make an impact in this generation. And let me tell you, other religions are fast on the move in our times. They are taking over everywhere. And Christians are weaker and weaker because Christians are weak in the absence of purity. It's not absence of more people. Because look, he said, your numbers are growing, your works have grown, but you are still weak in influence. I can't work anything through you. And he says, they had the longest of letters because they allowed Satan to teach, and now, uh, Jezebel to teach, and they even went, they were t- taken into the deep things of Satan. Where did this come from? When the church started, in the church of Ephesus, it, just, it was just a church that was lacking love. Then in the church of Smyrna, ah, Satan, the synagogue of Satan was there. Now, and then in the church of Pegamos, now the throne, they were now around there. So synagogue of Satan was there. Then throne of Satan, the territory of Satan. Now they have entered the deep things of Satan because of Jezebel. They have entered, verse 24, they have entered the depths of Satan. Because of that woman, Jezebel. Let me conclude by throwing a bit more light on that woman. Say that woman. Who is this woman? Is she amongst us? Where is she? How can we identify her? Where is she? Can I show you where she is? My time is up. Can I show you where she is? Are you sure you want to know where she is? I will show you where Jezebel is. Jezebel has been revealed by Jesus himself. Jesus spoke about Jezebel, but he didn't mention her name. He spoke about her in the book of Matthew chapter 13, verse 34. Oh, sorry, 33. Matthew 13, verse 33. Hey, this is amazing. It's amazing. Can we all read it out together, please? Loud, no, no, let's, very loud, let's go. Which a woman took and hid it. It's okay, it's okay. Who took? Who took? Who took? A woman. A woman. The kingdom of heaven. Watch this. When you hear the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven starts from when Jesus came. He said, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So after the millennium, the kingdom of God, most of the scriptures, is always part of the kingdom of heaven. It's always the kingdom of heaven is part of the kingdom of God. So the church is the kingdom of heaven. Okay, Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God is at, at, at hand. When Jesus came and died, the kingdom of God is now with us. We, the church, are the kingdom, so kingdom of heaven, all right? But it is not the full picture of the kingdom of heaven because after everything, when everything is said and done, in fact, during the millennium, it is going to be the full manifestation of the kingdom. That's why they ask, at what time are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? All right, so the kingdom of heaven, and Jesus said the kingdom of heaven, anytime Jesus spoke about the kingdom of heaven, most of the time he's talking about the church. He said the church, like the kingdom of heaven, watch this, it's like, it's the kingdom of heaven is like, Living, yeast, you know yeast, wrong doctrine. I taught you the other time. Wrong doctrine, yeast, evil doctrine. Watch this, which a woman took and hid. It was hidden in three measures of meal till it, till it was all living. They put it in three, the meal, usually in the Bible, meal stands for Jesus. God created us to have life by eating. 
So in the Garden of Eden, the tree of life. I taught you last week, the tree of life. When they left Egypt, before they left Egypt, he said, use the blood, but eat the meat. And then when they were in the wilderness, he gave them uh, manna. When they got to Canaan land, in fact, one of the descriptions of the land of Canaan is it flows with milk and honey. What do you do with milk and honey? It's for, uh, for eating, all right? And he said, the kingdom of God is like this meal that has been given to us to be eaten. A woman managed to take yeast. Yeast is something you put into flour to, or into, it's, you put into meal to make it more soft, easy on the taste, enjoyable. Okay, so in our attempt to make church appealing to the world, we are beginning to lose what we are supposed to stand for. So the pastor cannot tell you, get out of your boyfriend's house. Don't be sleeping there. He can't say because we don't want to offend you. The pastor cannot say, stop beating your wife. The pastor cannot say, stop stealing. The pastor cannot say, stop changing figures because he's afraid you will not give time. Go to hell with your money. We have to say it because we shouldn't be afraid of teaching people the true word of God. Other than that, we are Putting yeast, when you put this, when you put yeast, yeast makes it acceptable. So you don't, you don't offend your hearers. In spite of what God is saying, don't say it like that, you offend us. You're offending the hearers, you can't say that any other religion outside of Jesus is Satan worship. You can't say that. You can't say that. You offend us. Mm. So pastors are forced to put yeast mm. in the meal which is Christ so it can be acceptable for everybody to receive. By so doing, we have watered down, down the whole thing has turned into something else. So who is this Jezebel? Who took, who took yeast and put it in the fine meal? Who is this Jezebel? Is the same person. He is the one in Matthew chapter 13. Mm. She is the one in 13. She is the same person in Revelation 22, 20 that we just read. And she's the same person we read about in Revelation 17, the first scripture we read. Revelation, the harlot, the great Babylon has fallen. The harlot, the great harlot who has committed fornication with the saints. The great harlot is the same woman. Mm. The same woman. Who is this woman? In the Bible, the woman usually stands for a church. Woman. So you think Jezebel is somebody in the church? No, Jezebel is actually a type of the church. Jezebel, a type of the church that have put yeast in the meal we serve. And now allowing people to follow idolatry, but they are still worshiping. Idolatry is not only when you have the gods, you have images. But where your heart is, the things that you are pursuing, and that's why I could have the audacity, listen to me brothers and sisters, the audacity to say, I have a problem when a believer, your biggest dream is to just get more money. It's idolatry. Something has got in your heart. Your heart is after something, not Jesus. A believer should live for Christ. But if we don't teach this thing, we are putting yeast in the meal. And killing, so causing them to commit fornication without conviction. Fornication without conviction. I mean, fornication without conviction. (laughs) How? By the time church is finishing, you should feel like God helped me to change my ways. You should feel like I want to get closer to you. Because you've come to church. When the church was born, they were coming. Unbelievers were infiltrating. God stopped it. 
Hmm. Now the problem of the church is not the attacks of the haters from inside. Jezebel has now come to teach and now we are celebrating the mess. We have become apostates. God is being kicked out of the church. That's a Jezebel church. May God help us. May God help us. Other than that, we can't affect this nation. Say, the people who changed this nation were people who saved the raw meals. They saved the raw meal. That's the only thing that changed. Our good works can't change a nation. Our niceness can't change a nation. Our poshness can't change a nation. Nothing Christianity offers can change a nation apart from the pure Christ. Let's stop all these games. Immoral games, games of immorality. Living in bad, living all kinds of filthy lives. And we all okay with it. And we say, oh, God understands. God does what? He said, I'm coming to fight you very soon with the sword of my mouth. Let's stop these games. Pastors! Pastors! Oh, man of God. Oh, man of God. But that man of God, according to 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 12. But die, oh man of God, flee these things and fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life where until you are called and uh, uh, profess a good possession, profession. Fight the good fight of faith. Verse 11 says, flee these things, die, oh man of God. But, but you, oh man of God, flee these things. Do you know what verse 10 says? Verse 10 says that the love of man is for, for, verse 10, for the love of man is the root of all evil, for which some, having strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Look at the next verse. But as for you, man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. That is the man of God. That is the Christian's message. Don't let us live like wealthy people. You are saved for goodness sake. You are saved. You are born again. You are not just a church goer. You are born again. You are saved. Bound for heaven. A child of God. What child of God? Jezebel. That woman called Jezebel. That woman, Jesus was speaking from heaven. He said, that woman, next week I'm going to continue his threat against Jezebel. That woman called Jezebel. That woman called Jezebel. Say, that woman called Jezebel. Oh, man. Did somebody receive something? We thank God for using this servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at charis.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Charis Ministries. Stay blessed.